1: Hello everybody, welcome to Extra Time with Liam Horbin, presented by Betway, Ontario only 19 plus, please bet responsibly. Hello, sorry that I am very late to to be recording this podcast, I said I would get one out last Wednesday, it didn't happen, week got ahead of me, and I was going to do one over the weekend, weekend got ahead of me, I'll tell you something, there was a lot of sleeping over this weekend. If you want to go ahead and guess why, please do so. I went golfing on Friday night; it was delightful. Saturday was a was a, a family birthday party that I that I attended, and then Sunday I went and watched the um, the new Spider Man movie. What's it called? Across Across the Spider Verse or something like that. I think. Amazing, amazing movie, massive cliffhanger. Something that if you if you're kind of into that stuff, I think you'll really enjoy it. So go check that one out if you're looking for a movie to watch. I would highly recommend. It was also um, 19 years since Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban was released on Saturday. So I watched that for a little bit, but not the whole thing because, like I said, I was very tired. So had a little rest. So I'll probably get that one on over the weekend. And I just just to continue on the train, I've been watching Modern Family a lot recently, and also Ted Lasso ended. Ted Lasso was awesome. I'm very, very curious to see what they do now. Is it done? We don't know. Some of the some of the actors have been teasing that it might come back. I don't think Jason Sudeikis will be back at all, which is a shame. I'm not sure how you can have a show called Ted Lasso without, you know, Ted Lasso. Unless they make it that thing where it's like, oh, Ted Lasso is the metaphor for this, this, and this. It's like, ah, but is he? I don't think he actually is that. I think you're lying to us. Anyways, enough with the television talk. You're not here for that, unless you are. Then maybe that's another podcast we can start up together and get on that train. Okay, a, I I do love I do love a good movie, but anyways, let's uh, let's kind of dive into everything of what we're gonna do today. So the topic of today's show is essentially I want to start giving grades. I know everybody in the world has been doing this, but I've been seeing them and I don't agree with all of them. So I want to give my own grades to each team in the Premier League. We're not going to do them all today because, quite frankly, I need some content for the rest of the summer. Although, the transfer rumors that have been coming out recently have been absolutely nuts. I shouldn't even say rumors. Most of them are just confirmed to be happening. Like today, Alexis McAllister is now going to Liverpool. Um, Who else was it? Declan Rice has been linked with Bayern Munich after... I guess everyone kind of thought he was just going to go to Arsenal. But is Bayern Munich the best place for Declan Rice? I guess we'll find out. I mean, it's not like many players go to Bayern Munich and and fail. They obviously have a very good system there and everything that they're doing. So we'll see. We'll see if Declan Rice does go to Bayern Munich. I believe Jude Bellingham was confirmed. Karim Benzema is going to Saudi Arabia, which is a nutty little thing. I think I uh, I might get into those ones later on. And by later on, I mean on Wednesday when I promise I will record a second podcast. I promise. I'm going to give you two again this week. And then the week after, we're going to go down to one again. And then I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I'm in Europe. So I go to Europe for three weeks, middle of July to August. So we'll see. Maybe I'll try and get a guest host, pre-record some stuff. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't quite decided yet. But today, we're going to look through the Premier League. We're going to start with Arsenal, work our way down to, who is it now? Wolves, I guess, eventually. So I'm going to do in increments of five. So this should spread out over the next four episodes. i do five today, five Wednesday, five next Wednesday, and five the Wednesday after that. So if you're a West Ham fan, if you're a Tottenham fan... Listen if you want, but you're not going to be spoken about much on this podcast. Although well, Tottenham did have a a big managerial decision to make. It looks like they found that guy, the Celtic manager. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name yet. Yeah, that's why I'm pushing it to Wednesday. I got to do some practicing. It's already one name on this podcast that I've got to try and nail that comes around when we talk about Brighton. So bear with me with that one. So here we go. Premier League ratings. Obviously, you got to start at the top. The team that has been the number one team in the Premier League after zero games since the start, Arsenal FC. The Gunners, quite the season for Arsenal, to their credit. Finished fifth last season, climbed up to second this year, massive growth in basically every category they could possibly want, right? I mean, defensively, they got better. Ramsdale was strong for most of the season. Did make about six errors throughout, which isn't ideal for a goalie. You would want him to be more consistent. He is still fairly young to his defense. So if they, see if that picks up midfield-wise. Odegaard was fantastic. Shaka was very, very good. Obviously, looks like he's moving on to Bayer Leverkusen now, so we'll see. Thomas Partey was strong. They just gotta the biggest flaw is they gotta add more depth to the squad. We all know it. It's a very obvious statement to make. But I think with the transfers they've made under Arteta and and Edu and everyone else who's involved in the transfer stuff there at Arsenal, they've done very, very well. And they've made investments in years past that have now panned into what is a like it or not, a title contending team. And I've seen a lot of people kind of slagging them off saying, oh, Arsenal is going to fall out the top four again next season, or they're going to finish fourth. It's like, have a bit of belief of what this team is able to accomplish this season. Yes, it's obvious holes, but injuries didn't help them very much either. Saliba obviously missed some time. Gabriel Jesus got injured at the World Cup. That kept him out. He was having a great start to the season until that happened but you still got a lot of young fate, a lot of good young faces in there. Uh, Martinelli, obviously Saka, like I mentioned, Odegaard, Salib's only 21. Sinchenko, arguably, probably the best left back in the league this season. I think there's another left back we'll talk about later on as one as the signings of the season that has done a very, very good job as well for, for another team that finished in the European places, but for Arsenal and for Arsenal, Hayes, I would just say, just, just back off a little bit. We spoke about it the other week, how I don't think they bottled the Premier League. The more I thought about it, maybe they did a little bit, but I think with the expectations that were coming into the season of, oh, this team's going to finish in Europa League and be happy with it, push for Champions League fourth spot at best in the Premier League, to finish second in the league, I think it's quite the accomplishment. Obviously, you would like to see them finish it off, but... It is what it is. We'll see how they retool a little bit this summer. I think Smith Rowe is a very intriguing player. He'll be essentially a new signing for them if he decides to stick around. Reece Nelson looks like he could be out the door. Nicholas Pepe, we'll see. I know they offered a, a new contract to Reece Nelson. I would understand if he left. He's still a young player, wants to play some first-team football. He's. I think he's definitely got a home in the Premier League somewhere. I wouldn't be shocked if, uh, you know, maybe a... A West Ham, a Brentford, a someone in that kind of range of mid-table team tries to tries to pounce on him whilst they can. But one other thing, I guess, on Arsenal is they gotta they gotta make sure they don't let these players slip away from them. Like like we said right off the top, Declan Rice looks like he's going to Bayern Munich, and it's like okay, well, he was linked with Arsenal for pretty much January onwards. Wilfred Zaha looks like he might even be staying at Crystal Palace now as well, and I know he's not. An A-plus signing like he was maybe Six, seven years ago But he's still a good depth player, still a good squad player And like we said, that's something Arsenal Really, really need to get better at is just having more depth throughout the lineup They have it Arsenal, A on the season So this is what I gave them I gave them A And I said Zinchenko was a signing of the season So there you go I think that's fair for Arsenal A-plus would obviously be winning the league But when you put in where they finished last season, which was fifth, to get up to second for all the expectations at the start of the season being, oh, we're going to push for Europe, push for Champions League again. And to finish second, a very impressive season. Obviously, you want to see him finish it off, but evidently that did not happen. Either way, I think Arsenal will be back next season challenging for the title again. Obviously, still some holes to fill if they want to really push City for 38 games. But they did it for what? 28-30 this season? A few more. Who knows? Maybe City slip up next season. I know. They probably won't. (laughs) Either way. (laughs) Okay, the next team on the list. The next A team on the list, but not an A-rated. Aston Villa. Now, the start of the season was was piss poor, to put it politely, under Steven Gerrard. This was a squad that had a lot of talent in it. I believe they should have pushed for Europe earlier in the season. Obviously, that did end up happening after they sacked Steven Gerrard, but mistakes were made at the start of the year, and it cost them. They probably could have finished a little bit higher if Unai Emery would have been there the whole year. Obviously, that's hindsight. You can can say that now after seeing how well they've done. But I've given him a B plus. At the end of the day, this squad was good enough to finish where they did. They finished 14th last season. Finished seventh this season. Emery just just got the best out of his players, right? Like Ollie Watkins finished with 15 goals this season, six assists to his name as well, which I believe was was tied with the most he's ever had in his career in the Premier League, at least. Douglas Luiz, Ramsey, both very good contributors from the midfield, the wings, defensively, Consum And Tyrone Mings really turned around what looked to be a horrible season. for him. let's not forget Tyrone Mings had the captaincy stripped from him by Steven Gerrard because he, he was not playing very well at all. And he ended the season in seventh and getting Aston Villa back to Europe and getting called up to the England squad. Incredible turnaround for Tyrone Mings. Big shout to him. Hopefully he can keep going. He's a good defender on his day. Unfortunately, we just haven't seen his day much before this kind of all turned around, which I think is fair. But one thing Villa need to concentrate on this season, this summer, sorry, is transfers. They need to nail transfers more consistently. You look at kind of what went through the paychecks this season. Diego Costa only played three games. I know some injuries plagued that a little bit. Philip Coutinho was horrible. Only started two games. One goal. Denticora, seven starts. No goals. Believe he cost him about $20 Got to spend money way better than that. You got to look at what Brighton and Brentford are able to do. That said, Kamara was a very good signing for them from Marseille. I believe he might have even been... He's either free or undisclosed. I cannot remember off the top of my head. But that's my big thing for Villa this summer. Obviously, got to strengthen the squad a little bit. Head into Europe. But when you look at this the team on paper, you got a World Cup winner in goal, upcoming player in Ramsey. Douglas Louise is a fantastic player. Defensively, they're fairly strong. You might want to upgrade a little bit in there, I suppose striker wise Ollie Watkins, one of the best finishers in the Premier League. Got a lot working for you at Villa. So I'm very excited to see them back in Europe for the first time since Martin O'Neill, I believe. Yeah, he had a couple of sixth-place finishes. So promising stuff happened at Aston Villa. Unai Emery, the master of the UEFA Cup and Europa League and Conference League and whatever else you want to call it. He just knows how to win in those competitions. So... We'll see what happens. Does he bring over some players from Villarreal? I don't really know you could bring over. Just an idea off the top of my head, to be honest. So we'll see what happens there. Okay, switching gears just a, just a tad. We're going to go from the top of the table down to the bottom, or close to the bottom. Most people thought they would be the bottom of the table, but Bournemouth survived their first season back in the Premier League, finishing 15th. Incredible season- all things considered, they lost a the game 9-0 earlier in the season, obviously to Liverpool. Scott Parker got the boot for that one, then somehow managed to manage in the Champions League in the same season with Club Bruges and get sacked from there. Scott Parker, you were a great football player. Very good at, at Chelsea, Charleston, Fulham, wherever else you landed. I think you are at West Ham. It's probably time... To focus on managing mostly in the championship, then the Champions League. But either way, well well done to to Bournemouth for turning it around under Gary O'Neill. Should he have got a manager of the year shout? Probably should have been in more of the conversation than I'll say it. Roberto De Zerbi. Gary O'Neill, the expectations were finished last in the Premier League when he came in. Managed to finish 15th, and he managed to stay safe relatively earlier than expected. Overall, I'm going to give this season an A for Bournemouth. I think everything considered, the fact that this team managed to stay up in the way that they did, where it didn't come down to the last day of the season in that big match against Everton, which just turned out to be a big match for Everton to, for them to avoid relegation. It all did... Uh, it all did well for them. Gary O'Neill will be very interesting to see what he's able to do with his squad next year. He managed to just get them all modern in the same way, but Lerma's now gone. I believe he's heading to Crystal Palace. How are they going to replace him? Dominic Solanke had a pretty good season, I think, considering he had only scored three Premier League goals coming into the season. Finished with six, seven assists on a team that didn't score a lot of goals. Dominic Solanke, 24 years old. I think maybe next season he can push for 10 goals and, and keep going from there. But the big thing for Bournemouth is they're going to have to get some more creativity in this team. Billing was strong for them. But again, you need more than two players kind of in Lerman's gone now. You need some more. Signed of the season, Neto in goal. They got him for free from Barcelona. Came in. 100 saves on the season, which was 7th. He had a 74.6 save percentage, which was 3rd in the league. His goals against 90 went fantastic with a 1.47. Good enough to be 13th, which was right in the middle of the pack. Most of the players that were behind him, though, were teams in the relegation battle, to be honest. So they will need a little bit more from whoever's in goal for them next season. But also defensively just gotta get stronger. So I think if Bournemouth wanna survive next season, they gotta get that back line together. Get a little bit more creativity. It's gonna be a big summer for them. We'll see. We'll see. They look like they're gonna spend a little bit more money now. Probably not go overboard, I would I would assume. But they got a good manager in Gary O'Neill. However, I would not be shocked if he's the first manager sacked next season. As a former Bolton Wanderers player, I hope that is not true. But just kind of feels like if Bournemouth have a very poor start to the season, we've already seen it with Scott Parker. I know things have kind of changed around there now in multiple aspects, but they're not scared to, to pull the trigger. Although I suppose Scott Parker calling out ownership in uh, in multiple press conferences probably didn't help his case very, very much. But either way. A for Bournemouth this season. Everybody had them finishing last. If you didn't have them finishing last, you had them in 19th. But Gary O'Neill managed to get this team up to 15th. I'm very curious to know what you think Bournemouth need to do this summer in order to survive next season as well. Let me know. Let me know. Who else we got on here? Brentford. B-plus for Brentford. I know, I'm, I'll am i be honest. I have been very generous with these first four teams and how they've done. But really, when you think about it, they're all very deserving of what they got, right? Arsenal second massive climb from where they were last season. Villa got into Europe. Bournemouth defined the odds in their own little way. Now you have Brentford, who were uh, pushing for a Europa League conference spot until the last day of the season. Did the double over Manchester City. Granted, the second game they played was a weaker team because uh, Sorry, City... Very sorry, Manchester City fans. City have the FA Cup coming up, which they obviously won on Saturday, beating United 2-1. Then they have the Champions League as well. So they're pushing for bigger things and that game really didn't matter. But either way, you managed to get a result. There was multiple games before that, which didn't matter to City either and teams couldn't beat them and did a 26-game streak. 20 goals from Ivan Tony. How are they going to replace that next season? That's going to be the biggest question mark throughout this offseason for Brentford is what's next? What's next at the striking position for Brentford? How will Thomas Frank and his team get that position filled out? If there's one team in the Premier League, actually there's two teams who I know could, could fill this spot with what's happened and be completely fine. One is Brentford, one is Bryan. Let's be honest. They're the two most trustworthy teams in the league that don't have a ton of money to spend. And they've managed to figure it out. I think one thing that was interesting coming into this season, and a few people, I mean, expect it. Brighton, uh, Brighton, Brentford were a, a team I don't really think many people knew what to expect from the next season. You look on paper, the squad isn't the strongest in the world. I think a lot of people had them pegged for maybe a relegation battle this season. And how would they react to losing Christian Eriksson? They brought in Damsgaard, who, who didn't do much at all. If, hopefully, we can see a little bit more from him. I know he's been going through a few things on injury on the injury front. We'll see. He's a very promising player. Let's not forget the free kick he scored against England in the semifinals of Euro 2020. I think Brighton would be Brentford. I keep calling Brighton. Brentford, Brentford, Brentford. Brentford, Brentford. Brentford. If you say it three times over, it'll just get stuck in my head. Brentford will want a little bit more from Dam's next season. But overall, to push for Europe until the last day of the year. To not have your main man for the last couple of weeks either. Fantastic season for Brentford. B plus for Brentford. Signing of the season, you may ask? Ben me. Got him for free defensively, they were very strong all year. He played, I believe, 37 games for them. It's a great value. Again, that's why I think Brentford are going to be a team that's able to find a replacement for Ivan Toney. Who that could be? I'm not 100% sure yet. Maybe there's someone on one of the relegated teams that they can go and find. Maybe it's a guy like Iannaccio, for example, from Leicester. Or maybe they can turn Patrick Bamford back into Patrick Bamford from the first year that leaves were in the Premier League. Seems unlikely. Maybe Patrick Pantford's a bad example, but you never know. Thomas Frank can, uh, can work his magic.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast free shipping. you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash
1: host the last team we'll talk about today a team i've mentioned multiple times because i kept saying the wrong name brighton brighton finished sixth in the premier league this season Got Europa League football, just European football in general, for the first time in the club's history. Remarkable season. Finished ninth last season. And the thing with Brighton is they just don't miss a beat, do they? Graham Potter, gone. Basuma, gone. Kukurea, gone. They just bring in these... these honestly, random people, and <laughs> managed to just keep the ball rolling and get it going. And and Sensio looks like he's going to be one of the best players in the Premier League for numerous amount of years. And he got in from the Paraguayan League. It's just very incredible what they're able to accomplish. It was announced today that Alexis McAllister is all but a Liverpool player now. How will they replace him? I have no idea. They'll probably just go and find someone from the Ecuadorian league and get him into the Premier League and make him a, one of the best players in the league now too. What they're able to do is, is remarkable and it's it just shows how lazy these top six teams are in the Premier League. I guess not even the real top six now, just teams like Arsenal, United, Man City, Chelsea, Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, they have no interest in going out and actually scouting around the world to find the best players. They all just go and pay endless amount of money for them. And it makes sense, I suppose. You're not wasting your own time, but then it just shows how remarkable teams like Brighton are and even teams like Benfica abroad, right? And just what they're able to accomplish in Ajax is another example. They just feed these top six teams and you just kind of you kind of root for teams like Brighton to do a little bit better because what they're able to do. Obviously they're spending money in some departments but the way they're able to recruit is something I think every single team should try and do and will it happen? I highly doubt it. I highly highly doubt those teams are gonna put the money in the pockets and get some Scouts out into real places. We'll see seems very unlikely, like I said. But, yes, Brighton got into Europe. Just kept it going. What will they do this summer? How will they replace everybody? I'm not sure, but I gave Brighton an A on the season. I'm very excited. Very, very excited to see them in Europe and see how they progress from there because I think they could push for Champions League next season. Call me crazy. And I know McAllister's gone. Caicedo. who really knows? There's just something about that team and the way they're motoring right now. They feel unstoppable in a way. One thing they do have to change is they need to stop losing to the bad teams. Let's not forget they lost 5-1 to Everton towards the end of the season and the week after they drew 1-1 against City. They got to master that a little bit and, get, and that'll help them climb. But the way the Premier League is now, it's I don't think Chelsea's going to bounce back as well as people think. Tottenham seem to be going into a bit of a retool, which isn't going to help them. United City will both be there. Liverpool will likely climb. Newcastle obviously spend money. But the Premier League, it feels open to getting those Champions League spots. And I feel like Brighton next season, if they spend money correctly, which they will because they always do, I think they can really, really push for Champions League again. And I think this time they might get in. There's my early shout on, what is it? June 5th. Brighton and Hove Albion will get into the Champions League next season. Put that one on your calendars. Come back to me in this time next year and let's see what's happened. But there you go. That's my five ratings. So let's go over them just briefly here. Arsenal, I gave an A. Aston Villa, B+. Bournemouth, A. Brentford, B+. Brighton, A. Let me know if you agree or disagree. I think they're reasonably fair. I was going to do it from 20th to first and just rank them that way. Because I thought going one through 20 would be a bit too obvious. Like some teams are just the top five teams that all get A's, right? Assuming I'll have to look into it. But then I just thought that'd be a bit more boring. I thought alphabetical order might be nice to kind of shimmy through. So there you go. Again, let me know what you think. So next we'll have, well, we have Chelsea Everton, Fulham, Crystal Palace. I feel like I'm missing one. Those will be four of them at least. There'll be a fifth in there somewhere. No H's in the Premier League right now, is there? Huddersfield's gone. Hull's gone. Let me have a quick shimmy through this before I let everybody go. League table. So we'll have Fulham, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Everton, and then... I think it'll be Leeds or Leicester. Leeds. I wonder what Leeds will get. Spoiler alert. It won't be very good because they are not very good. But either way, that's where I'll kind of leave everybody for this Monday episode of Extra Time. Thank you very much for listening. On Wednesday, I think I just, I didn't want to talk about the transfers too much today because I wanted to get a full grasp of what's kind of going on before I get into it. So I'll try and do that on Wednesday. We'll talk about Tottenham's new manager, Mason Mount United a little bit. What else? Declan Rice probably a little bit too. Maybe I'll look through some squads and where they can kind of improve a little bit more as well. But that's something we'll go over on Wednesday along with those five teams. I'm assuming it'll be out Wednesday afternoon. That kind of works a little bit better for me than in the mornings, but we'll see. Who knows? I just said I would record last Wednesday and I was going to record on Sunday. And here we are on Monday. But either way, thank you very much for listening to Extra Time with me, Liam Horbin, presented by Betway, 19 plus, Ontario only. Please bet responsibly. Go check it out. Stanley Cup finals are tonight. Maybe you want to place a bet on the Champions League for this weekend. They got it all. They got it all. But either way, thank you very much for listening. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Farewell.